Have you ever met someone that you respect and like so much that no matter what happens, if, if, you, if they called you, you would pick up the phone, no matter what you're in the middle of, you could be in the middle of a meeting, you'd be like, excuse me, I need to take this. Uh, if you're in the middle of dinner, if you're a movie, you would step out and you would drop what you were doing because you want to talk with them because you, you like them, you respect them that much. Have you ever met somebody or known somebody that no matter what, if they asked you, hey, what are you doing noon on Tuesday, like next Tuesday, you'd be like, nothing. And you don't even know what's going on noon next Tuesday, but like it just opened up because you're going to be with that person because like you just want to be with that person. You ever known somebody that like even if they called you and, and they woke you up in the morning, you know, and you like you, you do the one of these things, you're like, <clears throat> hey, man, what's up? You know, like the fake awake thing. And it never works, does it? They're always like, oh, did I wake you? No, no, it's cool. And it, we do this thing. Guys do this thing where we just talk higher because like that's like the op- opposite of grogginess or something. It's like, oh, I just keep talking like this and it just never works. You know, one of those people where, like, you just respect them. You like them so much that, that whatever you're doing, you would be willing to drop what you're doing to be with them. We're in this series called Coming Home. We're ending this series called Coming Home today. And this is a series where we've been exploring for the last six times that we've been together or so that the unique belief that Christians have that we can actually connect with an invisible God. That we can actually, through things like prayer, through scripture reading, uh, meditation, silence, solitude, worship, nature, uh, giving, fasting. You see this list that goes on. We haven't talked about all these things. Honestly, we could have this this coming home could just go on for like forever because there's so many ways. It could be the eternal series, but you guys wouldn't like that. We could talk about all these different ways because God has made so many different ways for us to connect with him. Because that's what he wants most. That, that this idea that he wants us to be at home with him. And the goal for the series has been just for us to simply connect with him, each of us, through these things like prayer and reading scripture and that kind of thing. To connect with God and come home. And we've talked about how we hold the key. It's interesting to think about. See, honestly, we should be willing to pick up the phone whenever God calls. But what we've learned through coming home, I was thinking about this week, is it's actually God who's the one who's always willing to pick up the phone with us. Even though we're, we sometimes stiff-arm him, we're not willing to do what it takes to connect with him. He's always, he's, he's waiting, he's watching and waiting for us to come home with him through prayer, through reading scripture, through things like community with one another, through seeing him through nature. He is willing always for us, and he's just waiting, and we, but we hold the key. That's what coming home has been about. Now, if you've been with us, we've talked about prayer. We've talked about reading scripture. We've talked about the power of community that we can do relationship in such a way that that we grow closer to one another as well as God. And some of you are actually, a bunch of us are going to take part in that next, uh, starting this next week with Life Group Light. A bunch of you signed up for that. We're excited for that. Last time we were together, we talked about worship. Today, we're going to end and we're going to talk about service. But, But here's the thing. Uh, before, I wanted to let you know that even though we're, we're landing this plane today, there's a couple more opportunities that we have coming up to do. Uh, uh, we're going to encourage you towards scripture memorization. We're going to encourage you towards on uh, uh, April 14th is a Good Friday. We're going to have a Good Friday service at 530. There's more on that to come. If you want to fast with us, you can, you can fast with us before that. We'll give you instructions on how to fast with us. We'll give, give you instructions on that at the end of the service. And then we're also going to take communion 
communion together. These are all ways that we can connect with God. So we're going to have some more opportunities for you to engage and connect with God in the coming weeks. But today, where, where I wanted to end, was we were thinking about, was we were planning this, this series, we decided, let's end with service. And here's, here's why. The, like the idea of serving one another. And here's why we wanted to end with service. See, the discipline of service is, is, works off of the simple premise that the closer we get to God, the more it, sh- more it should benefit other people. Does that make sense? That as you and I pursue God through prayer and reading scripture and giving and fasting and all of these different things, this faith experience, of, and a lot of us, honestly, a lot of us would say that our faith experience, the reason we love our faith is because it just has made life better and it's made us better at life. Like that, that faith has a way, that following Jesus has a way of making life better and making us better at life. And the idea, the discipline of service is the idea that the other people should benefit from our better. That as we get closer to God, people, you know, as we get filled up by God, there should be goodness that overflows out of us onto other people around us. That that should be our faith. The problem is, that's not always the case, is it? Uh, we're kind of, we can be self-centered people and we, make, can, we can make life all about us. And so all of a sudden, even our faith becomes that way. And, and honestly, if you've struggled with Christians in the past, if you have uh, been around Christians that like just drive you crazy, you're going to love what I'm going to talk about today because I'm going to confirm all your suspicions. I'm going to pick on Christians here for a second. I'm going to do it this way. Watch this. A lot of times we come to faith and it kind of looks like this. Hey, Twitch, you ready back there? I've got, this is a tub here, if you can't see it. And then here's a hose. And there's like, there's a little bit of water in there from when I tested it earlier this morning. But go ahead and hit that, Twitch. And sometimes when we come to faith, it kind of looks like this. This is going to be fun, isn't it? I'm going to pick on Christians here for a second. It's all good. It's so good. I feel so full. God is just pouring his goodness out on me and I pray and I feel like he listens to me and I read scripture and it's like he's talking just to me and I got the bumper sticker and I got Caleb on all my presets and it just, it fills me up. And you know, I was driving around in the parking lot the other day and I couldn't find a parking spot and then I prayed and God made a way. Let's pretend that's just keep going. It's just pouring into me. You know, and God made a way where there seemed to be no way for me to get a parking spot. And I got a parking spot. And, and you know, we got all these sing the songs, and I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? And it's good for us. And this, we're just going to kind of keep this running, okay? We're just going to keep filling up this tub. Because honestly, if we're not careful, this is the visual that I want us to see. Our faith can be kind of like this. It's just all about me what God does for me. It's me and God and me and Jesus and Jesus is my homeboy and we get to hang out and I just feel so good. And if we're not careful, all of the goodness just stays in our own world and doesn't pour out on anybody else. You ever known a Christian like that? It's like, yeah, it's great that you believe all of this, but so what? Like what good is it for other people? See, my goal for today is to make sure that your faith and my faith is not like that. My goal for today is to talk about service, the idea of thoughtful, consistent giving of our time, giving of our talents, giving of our resources for the benefit of other people. It's not a side note. 
It's not something I do every once in a while. It's a way of life, a way of pouring out out of the goodness of what God has done for us. And, and here's what I want you to know today. This is, this is the big idea for this morning. This is the one thing I want you to remember. It goes like this. True connection with the Father always leads to a growing consideration of others. That as we're talking about coming home and this idea that God wants to connect with us in a meaningful way, in a way where it feels like we're in a living room and I'm on this couch and he's on this couch and we're just talking till the wee hours of night. We're connected with the Father. That as we pursue connection like that through the spiritual disciplines, that that true connection, I almost, when I, when I thought about this phrase, I almost wrote, should always lead. I was like, no, it's, sh- it, it's not a should. It just does. That if you're truly connected to God, it will always lead to a growing consideration for other people. That's just what happens. This word, like the idea of growing consideration, you could have used a lot of different words. You could have used focused. We could have used bold. We could have used, I I really almost went with the word surprising. That true connection with the Father always leads to a surprising connection or consideration for other people. And that is that, that as we grow in our faith, as we get closer to God, we are surprised by what we start to care for. Then, you know, like we start to, you know, we start to, you know, we're praying, we're, we're reading his word, and then all of a sudden it's like we're walking around and we're starting to see things. We're surprised by what we see, like, because normally I would just walk past that person. Normally I would never have seen that. Normally this is not how I would have reacted, but here I am, I'm just, I'm talking with this person who's nothing like me. And that, honestly, that as our faith grows, people should take notice. They should be surprised by, wait, you're a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. So why are you... Why are you hanging out there? You know, I, I, I'm kind of surprised by that. There should be something about your faith and my faith that surprises people. And here's my question. I got a one question faith quiz for you this morning to start. It goes like this When was the last time you were surprised by how much you cared for somebody? When was the last time that you found yourself in doing something that you're like, this is not what I would have done five years ago? When was the last time? And honestly, this is a great question. Even if you're not a Christian, I'm so glad that, that you're here this morning because honestly, a lot of what we're talking about is going to be very helpful for life in general. But if you're not a Christian, if, if, you, have a, if you have a faith that you would call yourself a spiritual person, when's the last time that your spiritualism you were surprised by how it led you to care for somebody else. When was the last time that your worldview, that you were surprised, like, I'm surprised that I'm here right now. If you're a person of faith, if you've, been, if you've grown up in the church, like, you know, just like, this is what you do. Like, you just wake up at 7 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Like, you don't have to set an alarm anymore. You've just been doing it for so long. I really want you to pay attention because sometimes we can lose sight of we can, we can easily lose sight of it. I want to ask you that question. I want you to test your faith. When's the last time that you were surprised by how much you cared for somebody? Because you might pray, and you might read your Bible. You might connect with, all God, with God in all these ways. You, know, like you might be filling this thing out. But when's the last time it overflowed? It's a good question. Because true connection with the Father always leads to consideration of others. This was an idea that's so biblical 
the idea of, of this, the idea that, that our connection with God should lead to consideration with others. It's so biblical that when I sat down to write this sermon, there was so much, I, I didn't even know where to start. It's all over the Bible. So let's start a little bit in the beginning. I'll, I'll breeze through this because I want to get to this one passage in Philippians today that we're going to camp on. But starting in the book of Genesis, Genesis 12, you've got the, the character of Abraham, the person of Abraham. And God comes to Abraham and just chooses him out of, we're not sure why he chose Abraham, but he says, Abraham, you and I are going to have a special connection. I'm going to do some amazing things through you and with you. I'm going to be with you wherever you go. I'm going to, I'm, you're going to prosper because of my connection with you. He makes a covenant with Abraham saying that I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless your socks off. You, 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 everybody's going to know who you are. Your name is going to be great. And here we are 3,000 years ago, years later ago, years later talking about Abraham. We know who he is. If you know the Bible story, you know, if you know the, the, the Bible, you know who Abraham is. He's famous. He became a mighty nation. But he, the reason that God, he, he's like, God, God made it clear in the very beginning in Genesis 12. He's like, listen, I'm not blessing you just to bless you. I'm blessing you so that, that I can bless the whole world through you. I'm making this covenant with you so that all other nations might be blessed. Fast forward a few hundred years. And, and, and Abraham's descendants become the nation of Israel. That's actually, there's, there's people who call themselves, that, that, that are, call themselves sons and daughters of Abraham. Jewish people, they, they identify with his bloodline 3,000 years later. And this, this nation, a, a few hundred years after Abraham, was his chosen nation. But what was interesting is as, this, as his chosen nation, they started to do this. They started to just let all the goodness of God just pour into them. And only them. And it became all about them. And finally, God got so ticked off with them, he started sending them what were, what were called prophets. Men, men and, and women who would, who would prophesy against. And he'd say, listen, I'm, I'm fed up with this. Israel, I'm fed up with this. He says this through the prophet Amos. This is in the Old Testament. He says, I despise your religious feasts. You, you know, these, you know, he's like, I despise your assemblies. Like when you guys come together for church, I don't like it. Your burnt offerings, your grain offerings. He even says this in, 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 in Amos 5. He says, away with the noise of your songs. Israel, you've, you've become so about yourself, I don't even want to listen to your singing anymore. And Israel kind of pushes back. He's like, they're like, God, isn't this what you wanted? You told us to do those festivals. You told us to assemble. You told us to do these offerings. He's like, yeah. But I didn't tell you to do it like this. See, here's what I desired. And he says this. This is in, in verse 25. And maybe you've, you've heard of this. He says, this is, what I want to, this is what I want as a result of your faith. He says, I want justice to roll like a mighty river. I, I, I want justice to pour out of your land and onto the unjust lands around you. I, 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 want, I want righteousness to flow like a mighty stream. Israel, it's all about you. You're not flowing out. There's another uh, prophet named Isaiah who spoke against the Israelites too. He, he said, uh, and, and God spoke through uh, Isaiah. Isaiah writes this in Isaiah 58, God speaking about the Israelites. He says, they're eager, it's like they're eager to come near me. It's like they, they do all these things to, that they want to be with me. They want to connect with me, but their hearts are, are from me. And, and then Israel kind of replies and says, what do you want from us? After all, we, we fast. God, we, we do these fasts for you, a.k.a. we have these religious practices for you to connect with you. And he says, 
And, and then God says, but is this the type of fasting that I've asked for? A day to humble yourself and then just kind of you can go and do your own thing? You know, like, like have you ever felt good about yourself? Because like, I went to church today. He's saying, like, is that what I'm asking for? One day? One fast? Is that the type of one-day religion? Is that what I'm after? He's like, here's what I'm after. This is the kind of fast that I have chosen. And this is really cool. If you were here with Scatter Church last week, when we talked about injustices and poverty and, and, and people stuck in poverty, this is an awesome verse for this. This is the kind of fast that I've chosen, God says. He says that your fast, that your religion would loose the chains of injustice that they would free the slave. That as a result of your faith, people are more free because of it. And then he says that you would spend or pour yourself on behalf of the hungry. Because a true connection with the Father should naturally lead to the consideration of others, consideration of the oppressed, the poor, the slave, the neighbor who's lonely should benefit from your faith is what this was in the Old Testament. That's good faith. Then we get to the New Testament. And you got this guy, James. <laughs> Just so you know, James was actually the brother of Jesus. And I'd, I'd love to talk about him more. But what would, just a quick question, what would your brother have to do to convince you he was God? <laughs> like, what would your brother have to do to convince you he was the Savior of the world? Like, I always thought, like, with James, I'm going to talk about this because I think it's funny. Like, with James, like, I, I picture James, this is totally not biblical, this is just Josh. What if James was, like, the bigger brother? Like, he was younger than Jesus, but he was bigger than Jesus? It's like, like, what does prayer look like to, you know, your brother who you're bigger than? You know, like, you know, Jesus, please forgive me for my sins, but remind, you know, keep in mind, I, I beat you in a fight one time. You know, like, like, I don't, you know, like how do you pray? Like, honestly, I, the reason I believe Jesus rose from the dead is not because the Bible told me so. It's because James, the brother of Jesus, was like, yeah, I believe that. I believe he died and rose from the, again, from, from the death, from the grave, and he's my savior. Isn't that crazy? Anyway, so James, he writes about what good faith is. That, that, you, you, how many of you are familiar with the faith without works is dead? And he, he talks about, he's like, if you have faith, that should pour out, right? It should be works. Not that your works make God happy. And not, not that here, I want to say this too, with, with the whole coming home thing. When we pray, it's not like God likes us better. When we read his word, when we meditate, when we, when we go out of way, it's not like, oh, I like them better today. He can't love you anymore. He died for you before all of this because he loved you so much. But, but James says this, James says, but faith really without works, it's dead. I mean, the only way to really know that if you have faith is it should play out, right? And then James says this in James 1, 26, 27. He says, pure religion is this, that you care for the orphans and the widows. Like, like, like if you have a true faith, other people around you who are nothing like you should benefit from that faith. That's what James is saying. In the New Testament, there's Jesus himself. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. In fact, I, in fact, since I don't know where to start, I'm not even going to talk about Jesus today. It's everything in me not to just preach what I'm going to preach in two weeks on Easter. 
Because, like, listen, like, there's sermons upon sermons about how Jesus' connection with others led to and poured out, or Jesus' connection with the Father led to and poured out uh, to consideration of others. I mean, there's so much, and I had to, like, scrap all of it. You'll just have to come back in two weeks. I'm sorry. Like, I really want to just preach it right now, but I can't because it would ruin Easter. And, and for the sake of time, I mean, we'd be here all day. So to save Easter and for the sake of your time, I want to look at Jesus through the lens of Paul. And this is, this is in the book of Philippians. This is the verse, this is the one passage I want us to look at today intensely. Um, this is the one passage that will it'll get us ready for the spirit of Easter too. There's two weeks left before Easter. I think this will get us in the mind of, uh, mindset of, of what Jesus did. I'm excited for that. And here's the thing. Before we dive in, I'm going to ask you something very difficult, especially the older you are, the more difficult this request is going to be. This is, this is the last thing of coming home. In the last part of coming home, I want today, I'm going to ask you to memorize uh, a passage of scripture. I should have counted how many words it was. It's probably like 40 words. I'm going to ask you to memorize to, uh, Philippians 2, 3, and 4. We're going to hand out a card here in a second. But, but here's the, I realize that in this day and age to ask adults, and students, can I pause for a second here? Just, if you're in school, you have no clue what I'm talking about. If you've been out of school for more than five years, you know you can't even remember your spouse's phone number anymore, right? Like, frankly, most of you, I'd ask you, hey, what's your phone number? You, you'd have to check your own phone to get your own phone number. We just can't remember things. And I know, I realize that. So what I'm asking you is very difficult, but I want you to know something. Ten years ago, I asked a group of, 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 of youth and adults, we were going on a mission trip to Mexico, and I would ask this group of people to do a lot of hard things, sleep on the ground, cold showers, eat food that they actually got sick from, that kind of thing. The most flack that I got from this group of people was when I asked them to memorize Philippians 2, 3 through 8. I just want you to know that, like, the, the most pushback, I mean, they, they knew it was coming. They're like, I don't care. No, I, I don't, I can't do that. And I pushed them, I pushed them, pushed them. I tell you, I, this is the truth. To this day, some of them thank, thank me for it. I was texting one woman who went on that trip that I was preaching on this this morning. And she said, thank, she, she literally said, thank you, Josh, for pushing us to, to memorize this. I still know it today. Okay, so with that in mind, gear up, ready? We're gonna, we're, you guys are going to memorize a verse. I'm going I'm to push you in that direction. That's a great way to connect with God is to put his words in your heart. So, Philippians. In the book of Philippians, Paul is speaking to a group of Christians that are his friends. And he starts off by saying this. He, you don't have this on the board, but he starts off by saying this. He says, Guys, if you have any encouragement from being united in Christ, if, you, that is, that is, if, if, you've, been, if you've gotten any encouragement, if you've had any comfort from his love, if you've had any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness or compassion, that is, if you've received good things because of your faith, if you've been filled up, is what he's saying. He, Paul says, Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in the Spirit and of one mind. He's like, since you've been filled up, what do you think he's going to ask, you, ask them to do? Take a stab. Pour out. Since you guys have been encouraged, since you guys have felt love, since you guys have been filled up with Christ, I'm going to ask you to pour out. And this is the verse. In fact, let's hand out those cards. We've got, we've got the card, a card for you. These are the verses that I want you to memorize. 
And as we hand them out, I'm going to read this. We're going to read it a couple times together. Paul says this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Look at that card that you just got. In fact, let's just read this out loud together. I wasn't planning this, but I think this is good. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not only look, oh, sorry, each, let's start over again. Preacher fail. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. These are strong words. Paul's saying, fight the urge of thinking that everything that is given to me is, is for me because of me, because I earned it, because I, I have, you know, because I, I've worked hard. See, see, selfish ambition, vain conceit means I have a special consideration. Like when I walk into the room, I have a special consideration because I am the boss, because I am, you know, because I, whatever, fill in the blank. And Paul is saying, fight that. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. And then he goes on to say, and this is, this is really, but in humility, consider others. Say that with me. Consider others. What I want you to know is that as you connect with God, you should grow in your consideration of others. That's what I want you to know for today. What I want you to do is just this, these two words. I want you and my hope and prayer for us all as we leave today is that we just have these two words kind of locked in our minds as we interact with other people. Consider others. Consider others. When you go to lunch today and someone's waiting on you, consider others. When that person calls you and you don't, you, they're like the opposite. You don't want to pick up the phone. You consider others. When you're interacting with, uh, with your child or your spouse and, and you, want, you, you start to, to, to get angry or whatever, that you consider others. That as a result of you coming to church today, you consider others. And that not only just consider others, but that you consider others better than yourself. Better, this is, this, like, that means think of them di- better than themselves. Treat them as if they're better than you. Even if you don't respect them and you're like, they are not better than me, you pretend that they're better than you. That you consider others better than yourself. You respect them. You use your time. You spend your money as if people are better than yourselves. And here's the thing. Even if you're not a Christian, I really, really, even if you're not sure about the Bible or anything like that, I highly, highly encourage you to still memorize this verse. And here's the reason why. It is impossible to have a genuine relationship with a self-absorbed individual. Like, I know this is like Jesus talk, but this, like, this, these two verses, if you put this into your memory and you put this into practice, even if you don't believe in Jesus, this will make your life better. Because selfishness kills relationships. It's, it's, we've all tried to have a relationship with somebody who's self-absorbed and it's like impossible. Some of us have been the self-absorbed ones and we've ruined relationships because of it. And so, if it, honestly, 
no matter what you believe, memorize this verse. Put this into practice. I promise it will make your life better. It'll make you, because it'll make your relationships better. If you want to know uh, what, what this looks like to put this into practice, to uh, uh, put that back up on the board for me, please. To do nothing out of selfish ambition, vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not only look to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Paul then turns and shifts. He says, he starts talking about Jesus, and he says this, in your, this is verse 5, and honestly, I, want, I wanted you guys to memorize this as well, but I thought there's no way, like, I'll get nobody to do it if I ask for more. So th- this is like the bare minimum, but if you want to be like above and beyond, if you want to get some really good stuff, memorize this because it's all about Jesus. And this is our example. This is, this is Jesus came and he poured. We'll f- find out here in a second. If you want to find out how to pour like him, you look at these verses. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Who? Being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. I want, I want you to grasp these words, that Jesus came to earth, and he was God. He was in the very nature God, and he, he didn't walk around and play that card. He didn't walk around and, and, and pull rank. But he made, he, 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 uh, made himself, uh, who being very mature, God did not consider equality with God something to use to his own advantage. If there was ever, ever somebody who needed special, or who could demand special treatment, it was him and he didn't. Paul's saying, be like that. Rather, verse, this is verse 7, rather he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself, by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. This phrase, that he made himself nothing, in the Greek literally is translated, he poured himself out empty. That Jesus, the one who's fully connected to God, connected to God like no one ever has been before, came to the earth, And he poured out, and not just a little, he poured himself out to empty. And see, here's the thing. I I think life is better when we pour out for other people. If you're a Christian, if if you want to connect with God, you don't have a choice. Because Jesus said, this is what I did. I came to pour out, and then I said to you, and pick up your cross and follow me. And pour ourselves out. Out. And, and here's the thing. What if you did this? What if you decided, just even for the next week, I'm going to consider others as much as possible. I'm going to consider others. I'm going to consider my coworkers. What would happen at work? What if in the next week you considered others, you considered your family? What would happen in your family? What would happen with your spouse? <clears throat> There was a time, in fact, all of us remember times when we were dating, and we were really considerate, weren't we? <laughs> we? We just loved pouring out for one another. What would happen in our marriages? What would happen in your life personally if you were to consider others, and as a result of your faith and your closeness to, to the Father, you poured out? What if we as a church did this? What, what would it look like if we 
as a church? Uh, what, it, what would it look like if, if every Christian in Evergreen, just even for a couple months, did this? I think it would change people's minds about what our faith is and, and what it means to us. Like, what, what, how, how could we uh, change people's thinkings, maybe even about God himself, just by pouring out if every Christian did this? What if we, if a, as a church, did this? See, this is why, and I love bragging on this, this is why we do a thing called Scatter Church. This is why, like, we have committed in the beginning, and, and we're going to do this for as long as we can, but at least every, once a month, every fourth Sunday of the month, we go out and we do something that matters to other people. We've tried as a church to pour out to other people. It's our chance to, and, and see, this is us, for us, this is our chance to do corporately what we feel like we should all be doing as individuals. We should all be pouring out, but like, let's get us, the church together and let's pour out. Let's, let's make Evergreen a great place to be because we're here. Let's, let's pour out locally. Let's pour out globally. Let's pour out as personally as we can to the people around us. And we want you guys to come with. We want you guys to, to come with us as we scatter church, as we pour out and love the people around us as a result of the connection that we have with our Father. What if our faith was different? What if people who outside of our faith said, I don't agree with everything, but can I hire those Christians? Can my daughter date one of those Christians? What if we were able to express our faith that way? Let me say a prayer for us. Father, thanks that you, you call us to, to not only connect with you, but to pour out to other people as well. Lord, I pray that we would be a church that does that, that we would be individuals that do that, that today you would place on our hearts the consideration of others. Lord, I pray that we would pray more. I pray that we would read more. I pray that we would uh, stop and reflect and, and take time. There's, there's no substitute for coming home. There's no substitute for being with you in this way. But my biggest prayer for today is that we would be people who just gush and pour. Help us, Lord. In the coming moments as we, as we reflect on the scripture, help us to do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility that we would consider others better than ourselves. Amen. Take a minute. They're going to play. Since I want you to memorize this, just grab that card and just read it in your mind as, as, as before we sing songs of worship, just to get it in your heart. Uh, take this time.